0: Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston shares a devotional that will speak to you, no matter what your current relationship is with your teen. Let's hear what Mark has to say.
1: There's a scripture that uh, is—it probably ought to be the—the theme of parenting, or maybe a verse that uh, that every parent ought to memorize and have in the back of their head constantly. And it's James one nineteen, and it says this: Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. You know, I I don't think there's uh, anybody that hasn't been angry at their kids or had a time where their kids aren't angry at them. But, you know, anger is an emotional response to not getting what you want. And when you see your teen get angry, they're not getting what they want, whether they need it or not. And you and I both know that what what they think they want, we know that that's really not what they want, and they may have different needs. But if they perceive their wants are not being met— or that somebody's blocking them from getting them what they feel that they really need, then anger comes out. And anger is, is kind of explosive at times, and you want them to talk it out. Because if they don't talk it out, then they're going to act it out in some way. And if they act it out, I mean, that's where they're going to become disrespectful and dishonest and disobedient and yell and scream and throw things. And you'd rather have that communication with them. And so it means that, you know, that they sometimes have to figure this one out by themselves with some encouragement and participation from mom and dad. And mom, dad, I, I want you to hear this, that that there is a game that's going on here. Your child wants certain things, and you want certain things. And when you both don't get what you want, then you both become angry. And what happens in that anger when that emotional uh, part of you starts to flare up, uh, you don't get anywhere. And what happens is you damage relationships. It's like this. If your son is angry that his curfew isn't later— You gotta ask yourself the question, what are they, what's the real reason for his anger? Or if your daughter doesn't like that you're not letting her wear certain things when she goes off to school, what's the real reason for her anger? Because if all you do is say, no, this is what your time's gonna be for curfew, and this is what you will wear and what you won't wear, then what you're doing is just dealing with behavior. You're not dealing with the heart of the issue. Your child needs to learn how to handle anger and how to learn to respond when they don't get what they want. I mean, Scripture says, be angry, but don't sin. And so it's okay for kids to be angry, but don't sin. Don't don't hurt relationships in the process. There's three common underlying reasons for a teen's anger. Um, One of those is they have no control over their own life. You know, and, and, and parents want to protect their kids, but keeping control in order to protect their teens will have a bad outcome. And so a child gets mad that they don't have control, so they fight for control. And, they, and, and it's something that they long for desperately. Teens want to make their own decisions. They want to live their own life. And when there is a struggle between a parent and teen for control, anger will surface somewhere. Now, here's the thing. This is what's going to happen. A child will get angry and a parent will get angry because the parent's not getting what they want. Because what they really want is a peaceful home where a child just listens to what they say and says, okay, that's what I'll do. But a child is getting angry because they're not getting what they want at the same time. And as I said earlier, when when you have those two anger storms starting to collide, it's going to create almost the perfect storm that could damage relationships and keep a relationship from deepening the way you would like for it to. But here, the other side of this too, we are training our kids to how to control their anger, use their anger, and and maybe get their anger to subside because it will affect them later in life in different relationships. So one of the first things I would tell you, you know, stop controlling all the time and start trusting. Every kid wants to take control of their life. You know, the other thing, they may feel, you know, shamed or judged. You know, when, whenever there is constant correction, it can, it can communicate to your teen that they're not living up to your expectations and they feel somewhat judged, you know, or dismissing their opinions or shaming them for thoughts might cause them to shut down or lash out in anger. You know, a, a, a child does this. They, they, they think out loud, and the reason they think out loud is so they can throw things out there. I mean, I do this. I, I write something, but I go through and I read it, and I read it out loud to see what it sounds like. Because when I read it out loud, I begin to process it differently. Go, like, oh, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. And that's what a child does a lot around his parents. But, but you know, th- the difference is between me reading something that I write. And reading that, I'm not reading it to somebody else. But if I start reading it, and and my wife comes in and says, "Well, you know, that's a bad idea. That's a bad thought." I wouldn't think that way. These are the words that I would use. I would say something different. You know, the grammar's not right in this thing. You know what I would do? I'd learn to not read it out loud in front of her, and I'll find somebody else to process to help me process my thoughts. Are you following me? There is something about the way that we always correct our kids. And I think we do so because we feel like if we do that enough, that they will come to a place where, where they'll get it right all the time. When what they're trying to do is to embrace what we believe and what we've taught them, bring it into their world and process it through the culture that they live in. So if they speak out loud, then let them talk, and and maybe come back and just ask them. Is that what you're saying? I I hear you saying this. Is that what you you think? I always ask kids, are you asking for a, an answer or do you want my opinion? Sometimes they just say no. And I go, okay, then we'll leave it at that. So it, there's got to be an understanding of what's going on in their life. And you've got to allow your team to have their own opinions and, and try to engage them in discussion in some way. And now the third thing, the third reasons why, you know, th- they're pretty common, why th- kids are angry they're just not getting what they want. and As I said earlier, anger is, a, uh, is an outward sign that someone's not getting what they want. And, and your teen may put up a fight simply because their desires are frustrated in some way. This could be about big things or small things. It could be about not having food in the pantry that the, somebody put jelly in the peanut butter or somebody didn't clean up something. They want something clean or, or they forgot to do something. You know, anger is an amazing motivator, but I've got to tell you this, anger most of the time, uh, when it is jumped to immediately, does more damage to relationships than it does help them. Here's what I would encourage you to do, is to look behind your teen's anger and find out what's really driving them. And the way you do that, number one, is to observe. Pay attention to when your teen gets angry and the surrounding circumstances. Try to figure out what's really going on in their life. You know, the whole issue about wanting a later curfew, it may be because they want to hang out with friends. They want to be with a girlfriend. They want to be with a boyfriend. Uh, because everybody's socializing. Everybody's getting together. And it's because they want to be apart. And the reason they want to be apart is that God created them to be Relational. And, and he knows that, that kids aren't as relational as they used to be because they spend so much time on a phone. And even when they do get together, like dating, you know, what happens is they sit around and talk about what they posted on uh, Snapchat or uh, Facebook or any other social networking deal and TikTok and they spend time talking about that. They don't go in the depth of relationships. So, so a child that that wants a later curfew it may be because they want to relate more with the people they're hanging out with. And that's a God-given desire to want to relate with other people. So you have to come to some conclusion. And when you begin to understand there's a motive behind that, that, that that it changes the way you approach your child in dealing with it. I would encourage you to become a student of your teen. And before you get sucked into this angry conflict, step back and observe. When your daughter's wearing something that you think is inappropriate, you know, it, it doesn't mean that she's trying to be sexual. It may mean that she wants some attention because she doesn't feel like she's getting any attention from anybody, or it may mean she just wants to fit in. Because kids are having a tough time fitting in in this appearance and performance world. So there is a motive behind the behavior. All behavior is goal-oriented. But there is something driving, that, and that's what I want to touch on. That's what I want to get to in the life of a child. I just don't want to deal with the surface issues. I want to deal with the heart issues that take me a little bit deeper in the relationship. So the second thing I'm going to do is ask you know, I always ask kids, why are you so angry? What is it you're not getting that you want? Why are you kind of bent out of shape? Why are you destroying relationships around you? Why are you so frustrated? How can I help you? How can I help you get what you want? Is that what you really want? And I don't question them. I don't tell them they're wrong. I don't tell them it's a stupid idea, stupid thought. No, you don't really need that. I just go, well, here, let me, I'm happy to help think it through. And so what I do is just engage with them. And the third thing I do is this. You listen to their child's heart. You listen to your child's heart without trying to defend yourself. You know, we get this idea that if our kid says something wrong, then we need to correct it. And if we can't correct it, then we're mad that they're not thinking the way they ought to be thinking. So now we're getting mad. And so now we're angry on top of their anger because they feel like you're more concerned about the, the thinking process they're going through rather than you know the fact that they're trying to figure it out. Most kids I deal with are always trying to figure it out. They want to, how do I do this? How do I make things happen? How do I get on the other side of this anger? Because I, I don't know one child really that wants to be angry and so, so here's some ways that, that, I, that I would tell you that that once you start to observe and, and ask and listen and you're finding out what's behind, you know, your child's anger, then there's, there's different ways to approach them to deal with that. And, and one of them, by all means, is with a calm spirit. You don't try to escalate the situation with your own anger. If your child is making you angry, take a break. If you're in the middle of a discussion and it gets heated, stop and just say, hey, why don't we take a break for 30 minutes and cool down? I've told kids before, hey, I, you know, I need to stop. I, I need to stop. And this is the reason I need to stop because I'm going to say some things that I don't want to say and I find myself getting mad and I don't know why I'm getting mad. But I, can we just stop for a minute and you take a break? And what I find when you do that is that a, a child comes back and they've cooled down as well and now we can have a good productive discussion as opposed to a screaming match that sometimes ensues, this conflict of of values or this conflict of, uh, of of how somebody should think. The other thing I use is gentle words. You don't call them names. You don't say they're stupid or or why would you ever say that? If you ever if you ever say this, well, I can't believe you would say that. I can't believe you would think that. Or you say, do you really believe that? I got to tell you, those are shaming words. And shame only pushes a child further into their sin. But here's the other part of it. It pushes them further away from you. I mean, there's enough shame in the world that's telling our kids they're rotten and bad and no good. And I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want that to be a part of our family. Here's another thing, the way that I approach kids. It's always with those reminders of love. And, and and you know, I'm pretty strong with kids. I am pretty strong with the ways that that I control. I mean, I live with 60 high school kids and, and we've got to be strict on some things, but that's not what I want to be known for. I want to be known for how I love kids. And every kid that lives with us says, you know, Mark loves us. He loves us. But what they also would tell you is that Mark tolerates nothing. So this loving on somebody, you know, is, is I want that to be the, the primary characteristic that kids see. And I want the fact that I don't tolerate anything from kids to be a secondary issue only because love is standing out so much more. So I communicate to kids, you know, I only want the best for you. You know that I only want the best for you. I have nothing but you in mind. There's no interest. I have no interest. I don't have any skin in the game here. I don't, I'm not going to get a return on this thing. I'm only thinking of you. And I've said it throughout this whole thing, is that, you know how you approach them? With a listening ear. Because when you approach a child that's angry, you've got to move toward them in a way that says, you know what, this is about you, it's not about me. And I'm going to help you get to a better place. I'm going to help you get to a better place, not me get to a better place. So moms, dads, helping your teen deal with anger can be one of the greatest resources you can build into their life. And here's the thing, you can be the greatest example of temper management or the worst model of explosive anger. And either of those two will be mimicked by your teen. So be careful how you respond when things don't go your way because you're being watched. You're setting an example. Their anger is a light on the dashboard that flashes a warning that they're not getting what they want, or desire from life or in relationships. So that's your opportunity as a parent to determine what is fueling the anger and get to the heart of the issue by asking questions that goes beneath behavior, which is the visible expression of the invisible issues. It's okay to have anger as long as it doesn't control your teen, disappoint them about life, or cause them to act inappropriately toward relationships. You hold the key here, mom and dad. You hold the key to help dispelling the very thing that can sidetrack your child, and you have the opportunity to engage with them in such a way that you offer them something more than anybody else will around them. So remember this, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry.